Europe, Hillary's Invasion, written by Michael St. Wood, and narrated by me, Michael St. Wood. Trigger warning, this novel contains strong language, violence, fat shaming, ableism, and cisgendered heterosexual white men. Reading this novel may trigger painful recollections, imagined or otherwise, in the sensitive, socially aware, pseudo-intellectual, goo-gobbling reader. In case this trigger warning has already triggered you, proceed to the nearest mirror, take a good hard look at yourself, then break the mirror and consume the broken glass. Hopefully, you'll get raped before bleeding out. Chapter 1 Wicked winds tore at Thomas's naked body as he plummeted taint-first towards the sea. His dangling penis rotated counterclockwise, like a veiny helicopter blade, but failed to propel him upwards. Thomas's testicles and anus billowed as he reached terminal velocity, but served him poorly as parachutes. Only a floating mound of hamburger wrappers preserved Thomas's life as he struck the undulating water. Bloody bubbles slipped between Thomas's fingers like red-hot rings as he sank. He awoke hours later, strapped to a metallic bed. Eighteen crusty brown hamburger wrappers and a bloodied pair of tongs lay atop a blue trash bin near Thomas's head. The bin was otherwise filled to the brim with aborted fetuses. Brown fluid dripped across the white logo printed on the side of the bin, which depicted a rainbow-colored fetus lying between two hamburger buns. A morbidly obese doctor leaned over Thomas, forcing rendered animal fat into Thomas's stomach via a feeding tube and syringe. A name tag between the doctor's sweaty breasts displayed the first name, Schlo, but the last name was obscured by a congealed chicken skin. As the doctor pressed his left hand against Thomas's right wrist, his doughy fingers produced a pleasant cushion sound. His crooked nose dug into Thomas's left shoulder and caked it with dried phlegm as he took Thomas's pulse. Wrinkles creased his forehead as he shoved a fistful of loose mayonnaise from his coat pocket into his own mouth. Then the doctor's pupils widened like a cat peering into a darkened room. Damn it, he's starving! I need more cholesterol! Where the hell is that goy bastard Pettit? The doctor screamed while showering Thomas with rancid spittle. A morbidly obese African-American woman in a ranch-dressing colored muumuu rolled into the room. Both of her shriveled, diabetes-stricken feet hung from her backside like plump eggplants. The scent of fermenting cocoa butter filled the air as a fetus fell from the mottled slit between her festering feet and writhed on the urine-stained tile floor. Sorry, Dr. Moe. Dr. Pettith out getting a mandatory sixth change, she said while tossing the doctor a tube of lard. Again? I thought we just hired a whole department of strong, independent women that don't need no man, the doctor asked while shaking his head and snapping his free hand three times in a zigzag pattern. Yeah, but we didn't have enough dickless transsexuals, the nurse replied while biting through her umbilical cord, sucking out its contents and tossing the deflated baby atop the bin filled with hamburger wrappers. Just like his 47 brothers and sisters, she whispered as the brown infant wriggled in vain. The infant clenched its delicate, wrinkled little hands and farted, filling the room with the acrid stench of second-hand soul food. The nurse retracted her head partially into her main bulk and began to laugh, causing her disgusting, rancid milk-scented breast, backside, stomach, and colostomy bag to pulsate like a racing heart. As she laughed, the sinews that held her decaying feet in place snapped. As she rolled away, she grasped one of the feet and began to eat it. A toenail broke off between her teeth, and she spat it down the hallway. The other foot stuck between two layers of her neck fat as she rolled over it and melted directly into her skin. That's too bad. The doctor whispered as the nurse rolled away, leaving a trail of bubbling backdoor booty butter in her wake. 
The doctor jammed the tube of lard into Thomas's mouth and continued, She shouldn't have used the term dickless transsexual. The phrase, confused young lad interested in taking a load of piping hot prostate polywogs in a hypothetical festering centipede infested axe wound where his inadequate penis currently resides is much more socially acceptable. Besides, it's no fun when they snip off the dick. The smegma inside the fake snatch hole just doesn't taste the same. Sure, it's easier to spread on a bagel, but I find that it conflicts with the texture of the locks. Thomas meant to vomit. He clawed his iron bed and passed out instead. Hundreds of needles pierced Thomas's flesh as he slept. He felt his limbs grow heavy and his pulse slow to a crawl. When he awoke seven days later, he took great labors just to breathe. Stretch marks covered his corpulent arms. His round, bulging stomach lay beneath a blanket emblazoned with the image of Jesus Christ in a red dress 